Welcome to Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scantella, joined by my co-host, Father Paul Bechter. Father Paul, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. How are you, Joey? <laughs> doing well. I love just our beginnings. Just so enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. Great. great. Um, you know, uh, the first two episodes, we kind of like introed to people um, about the podcast. We talked about the Holy Spirit. We talked about some different things. I want to get in a little bit more to this sports aspect because it's something so dear and close to to our heart we both love sports so desperate for sports to come back on tv yes will you Anything. be watching uh well yeah the golf is coming up golf is coming will you finally. watch it oh yeah okay um and then obviously um i'm a big baseball fan i'm hoping for baseball to return for them to get their act together and to actually agree on something and yeah. to 50 get that back. 50 60 we'll 80 who knows you know um uh, if the uh, MLB, PA, and uh, Major League Baseball can get together and agree on something, we'll see about that. But one thing that I was so bummed about, among tons of things, but one thing that I was very bummed about, obviously, when the pandemic hit, was um, my wife is from Houston. So she is a diehard Houston fan, okay? All things. And she wrote out a lot of years of the Astros stinking 100 plus uh when see uh, lost seasons and now being so good now right and i come from a background i'm from new jersey and i have a weird unique thing because my dad's from philly so i mostly swing philadelphia sports teams besides the yankees so i've always been a diehard yankees flyers eagles sixers fan um i'll I'll uh, now being in Dallas, I'll I'm okay rooting for the Mavs or the Stars, but cannot go for me Rangers or um, Cowboys. And then you are just altogether weird because you grew up in Bermuda, but you have ties to Houston and then Dallas and UD. Like, where do you fall on the sports teams' uh, likings? Yeah, so I was born in Houston and moved to Bermuda when I was six, and so I just took all the Houston teams with me uh, when I went. And we couldn't really watch too much of it over there, but I'd listen on, like, XM Sports Radio and stuff, listen to the Astros get swept. I was a huge Astros fan in the World Series. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. 2005 against the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, Yeah, we all remember. We don't need to go into that. So I was a huge Astros fan growing up. I loved baseball. I'd play all the video games and always be the Astros, like Bagwell, Biggio, like Mm, those guys. Killer bees. Killer bees. Um, But then when I came to Dallas, and then when I became a Dallas seminarian and a Dallas priest, I kind of had detached a little bit from sports at that point, enough to provide some space to actually become a Rangers fan. And I know Mm. that like back then they were in different leagues and stuff, so it wasn't such a big deal, but now... I don't know. There's this internal conflict, (laughs) eternal internal conflict. Eternal internal conflict. um, About Houston versus Dallas sports teams. I Mm. am a Cowboys fan, big time. Um, Mm. I I was an Oilers fan for like a little bit in my life, but then they went away. Now, wait, pause there. Just have to, this is not even in our show notes, just on the spot. Texans ever became again they ever if they were ever able to get the rights back to be the Houston Oilers they go back baby mm. blue colors they change the name I like it who do you go I still go Cowboys I'm too okay. deep in okay too deep I in. am but uh Dak or Andy Dalton <laughs> Dak all right <laughs> we'll debate that later okay go ahead um yeah so I am a Rangers fan now 
and then became a Rangers fan like deeply enough to get devastated when they just blew everything. Um, the World and, Series yeah. back to back, yeah. I watched that in Rome, woke up so early to watch it, <laughs> and almost missed Mass and Morning Prayer one day. Uh, that was a game six when they went into like 15 innings or something and mm. lost, or game five. In St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I am a Dallas sports fan at this point through and through, mm-hmm. but have some baggage about the Astros where there's still a soft spot in my heart, but I don't really want to jump on the bandwagon mm. uh, now that they've gotten good. Right. Because, you know, bandwagon sports fans are... They're the worst. Yeah, a lot of Yankees fans. Uh, uh, you would say that. Um, well, like, so last year when they were in the World Series, who'd you root for? Astros. Okay. So, obviously, one thing that I was very um, disappointed in, among all other things with sports, was that um, with when the pandemic hit was the fact that we were going to see kind of this Astros scandal play out. You know, this mm-hmm. is something that's been highly debated in my household. Um, I played baseball growing up in high school. I'm very um, passionate about baseball, and um, me and my wife had very passionate discussions as both both being former athletes um about what we thought about the scandal and the cheating and um you know um and i've been also influenced because recently that 30 for 30 came out about Mm. lance lance Mm -hmm. armstrong and kind of the cheating process of that and so you know it's easy to say for us as catholics like yes is cheating wrong Yes. Okay. That that's just a blanket statement. But what I want to actually talk about today, and and go down a little bit more, is what do you think about the people that are not so much specifically involved a hundred percent, or maybe they have a small role to play. Um, they're not the people organizing it or leading it. So for a good example, you know, Mike Fires, former mm-hmm. Astros pitcher. Mm-hmm. He was kind of one who blew the whistle, you know, or um, Floyd Landis with Lance Armstrong. He's the one who blew the whistle as well, saying, like, Lance is doping and all of this stuff. And, you know, those people get a bad rap from their teammates. They say, okay, they're whistleblowers and Mm -hmm. they blow the whistle. I I don't I don't know the plural of that. So um, and um, whistles blowers. (laughs) Okay, really quick. (laughs) What is the plural of Jesus? If there was a plural, would it be Jesus's or Jesus? Jesus's. Jesus, would... please. No, Jesus's. Really? Yeah. How would you spell it? With an E-S. Jesus's with an English, E-S? Bro. Doesn't, doesn't a Jesus yeah. sound better? No. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> the whistleblowers, going back to that whole thing, is, um, you know, as Christians, we also have the same... We may not obviously be involved in, are we banging a trash can in a dugout or this or that, but we're involved in situations where injustices and unfair things are happening all the time, and how do we respond, obviously? Um, You know, like, so go back high school, Father Paul, Mm. or even pre-conversion, Father Paul, Mm -hmm. um, college, Father Paul, or college Joey, or high school Joey. um, We're in those situations. What do you think? What do you think we do? Mm, Yeah. Do I blow the whistle on my team? Right. Um, well, thankfully, I guess I've never been on a team good enough to really like, even if we were cheating, we wouldn't be, you know, it didn't help. Yeah. It wouldn't have really (laughs) helped. Um, but in golf, so golf is a very interesting sport when it comes to cheating and morals because you call the penalties on yourself. Mm. Um, so it's really a training ground for virtue. And I've played a lot of golf in my life. I did play golf at a higher level than any other sport, and I played in college a little bit, even if it was for the 
smallest golf team in the world. But shout um, out UD Gophers. Yeah, what's up UD? <laughs> Groundhogs. Whatever Gophers, Groundhogs, um, same thing. So, yeah, if I'd known that my teammates were cheating, and I was, you know, young, and we were actually doing well, and I, I think I would have been really conflicted. Um, yeah. I'm kind of ashamed to say that because it seems much more clear as a priest, like what side of this I should fall on. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. I think there would have been a lot of pressure not to say anything. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. And once again, we're not obviously in any way condoning that. And this podcast is not um, in <laughs> any way in conjunction with any policies or decisions of the Diocese of Dallas or St. Anne's Catholic Church. But besides all that, um, yeah, I, I fall the same way. I mean, I saw guys that, you know, probably um, did things that were not the best for their body or maybe illegal or things like that, probably even in high school and um, not so much in college because I went to a small Division three school that was not competing for a lot. But, um, uh, yeah, I saw people that definitely Francis pushed. Franciscan Redbirds. Barons, but okay. okay. Um, I saw people that, you know, definitely pushed that line, and I definitely, yeah, didn't say anything and Mm. and definitely looking back now i'm like yeah as a youth minister i definitely would you know um but i see this moral um complexity within the situation all the time that people you know go through i see it with uh whatever situation you want to apply it to you know we've seen it in our church we've seen it in um the average person in their workplace when they encounter something an injustice um any of that and you know are they the person to blow the whistle or are they person to kind of to stand by and i know there's a quote that kind of in tying this together with faith like there was something that st- stuck out to you from john paul too right yeah so jp2 St. JP2, spoke a lot on sports. He was a sportsman himself. And he would really extol, like, the good in sports. Um, He called it a training ground for virtue. Uh, And also just, like, the whole teammate aspect, the camaraderie, and the, the good that comes from having to work together as a team towards a common goal. He would really talk about that, but he also, like, he would talk about how when you play sports, um, you're pursuing excellence in that sport. Right. You're pursuing victory in that sport. That's kind of the point. But as Christians, when we play sports, we have to broaden our perspective of sports so as to include the pursuit of the moral ideals of excellence. Not just sports ideals of excellence, but moral ideals of excellence and thus reach their integral perfection. Um, the The basic thrust of this quote is that there is no room for cheating or for injustice in sport for the sake of victory and that's an important life lesson that applies across the board Mm -hmm. right that we do not do bad things to achieve a good result Mm -hmm. um which is which is like when i think about that what you're talking about in a lot of ways is the sin of omission that you've brought up like which I'll be completely honest. I don't think about a lot before I prepare for confession. I, you know, I'm not obviously asking you to divulge anything, but I don't, I, I don't hear that a lot talked about. Like, oh yeah, here was the sin of omission where I didn't really stand up for this. I didn't really, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. able to um, um, 
you know, speak to this. And so I think that is a problem in our culture because people say like, well, workplace is the workplace or Mm -hmm. over here is over here, right? Instead of like, no, we're all called to this. We just heard Matthew, you know, 28 a few weekends ago at mass, just say like, you know, to all the nations, baptized, making disciples, um, to go forth to, you know, teaching them to observe all I've commanded of you, the great commissioning, not just to the apostles, but to all of us, right? That mm-hmm. that um, great commandment. And so, no, great commissioning. The I great apologize. Commission. Not great commandment. So That's a different thing. thing. Yes. yes. Um, um, so, you know, that great commissioning is to all of us. And I think it applies as tough it is is for all of us to hear it applies to all of us in all situations and if you're in a secular job if you're in a church job (laughs) if you're on a sports team all of that and and it is tough it is very tough um i mean in preparing for this you also brought up um pope paul the six he has what encyclical document on it letter Mm, he's just quoted in this. It's his, <laughs> it's his address to the International Olympic Committee in 1966. So this is something that's gone back years, yes. obviously. Like, this is nothing yeah, this new, is people. Not new. This is – it may have been brought up more with this late, uh, most recent documentary or the Astros, you know, scandal and that. But this will be something we'll deal with forever, you know? Like, right. the, human nature. Exactly. Sin. Human nature and fallen human nature that we are all sinners romans three twenty three, right mm-hmm. um and in need of the grace and glory of god um so that where we are there will be injustice there will be fraud uh and cheating so what paul the sixth said was that there is no better school for teaching fairness in the exer- than the exercise of sport for it despises any attempt of cheating as unsportsmanlike um I think that's good for us to hear because we can tend to, as you said, say, well, these are the principles and the goals and the ideals of the workplace or of the sports field. Um, but as Christians, like we have moral principles that transcend all those and have to be applied even in their midst, even if it means personal suffering for us, mm-hmm. um, that the just man will suffer for standing up for justice, yeah, um, that's a that's a core part of living as a disciple of Christ, right. who is the just man himself. Um, that in imitating him, and in standing up for justice, even when unpopular, even when we know it's going to bring suffering upon us, mm-hmm. like yeah, there's a lot of prudential decisions to be made in any given situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to you have to think through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, if you know what is right, it becomes a matter of courage. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. And I think that's something that's often criticized about Christians, like this um, idea of hypocrisy, right? That we say one thing, mm-hmm. And we do another, right? It, it yeah. reminds me of 1 Corinthians nine twenty four through 27. It talks about we're all runners in the stadium. We all run the race, but only one wins the prize. And I love in verse, what is it, 26 and 27, it says, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body. I train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified, right? That we can't just say, here are the values, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic on Sunday, and then live a different way. You know, this double life. 
And I know that from personal experience. I did that for a long time, you know, like, and I think just once again, fallen human nature, we all have those tendencies at different times that we encounter. And so, you know, I think this is something that everyone struggles with. So what would you say to the average uh, woman or man who is like, yeah, okay, so what do I need to do? to like get that courage? What do I need to do to, you know, actually combat those things when it, when it, um, you know, comes up? Because I don't think it's just one moment like, okay, I have it. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's because we're dealing with virtues and virtues are habits. So the first thing, obviously, I say obviously, but we forget it all the time is to actually ask God for help. Yes. (laughs) Um, To bring this to prayer. And especially if you're thinking about a particular situation in your workplace or in your own life, where you know what is right, um, but you lack the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bringing it to prayer and calling on the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to testify to our faith, which is like what we receive the Holy Spirit for, right? Right, um, among other things. That's the first step. But then, like to actually acquire this habit of virtue, um, of being courageous. Mm. Um, in situations uh, where it's required of us, we have to start small. Like it's not just something like you said that you can turn on in a big moment. Because it's a habit, it's something that you acquire over time. And Mm -hmm. so starting in small situations, say somebody's gossiping, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that they shouldn't be. You're just in the middle of a conversation. This happens all the time. All the time. People start talking and you know, okay, that's actually like you're slandering them right now. And to be able to to call them aside or to say, you know, prudentially again, however you think will be the most charitable way in that situation, but to have the courage to do that, that's a pretty small situation compared to the things that might be asked of us later on. But in standing up for the small, uh, against the small injustices, we build this habit of being courageous um, so that we have the the moral fortitude, that's right. the actual virtue, um, to be able to stand up in bigger situations as well. Mm-hmm. And I might not be as popular for saying this, but I think this is something that is so interesting that I've experienced since moving to Texas, um, I guess coming up on since 2010. That's when I moved here, so 10 years. Um, you know, it's interesting, New, uh, being from New Jersey, uh, Northeasterner, you know, we just have loud mouths. We say a lot of things. Mm. We say what we're thinking. Um and people never guess what I'm thinking um, because I usually say it. Here I love yeah, when okay. I encounter people and they're like, they say the worst, ugliest, meanest thing, but they're, you know, God bless their heart. But bless your heart. Bless your heart. Like it's just such, it was such an interesting thing to be like, wait, can I just add that? And then it's all okay in the <laughs> South. Like it's been an interesting encounter moving to Texas and being like, wait, what can I just say that and that it, it it takes away the gossip or the slander that I'm about to say right when I remember moving down here the first one of the first weeks I was down here I was in an HEB in Ennis Texas so I had a job as a youth minister in Ennis Texas and um, I remember the 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 grocery store clerk asked me like how are you doing and I was like good and I was like, why are they talking to me? Just mm-hmm. scan my right. groceries, get out of here. That's how it works in Jersey, right? Like, I don't want to talk We're to you. friendly here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, debatable. And so um, <laughs> uh, they were, like, trying to carry on a conversation. I was like, 
what is happening here? So that's it. Just reminded me of that. It's been an interesting uh, transition for me as a as a northerner um, coming down here in the south. But yeah, this is something that we all need to work on. I love oh, those sure. um, those aspects you brought in about virtue. About it starts um, it, it it starts small. That way, when those opportunities come for us to be made saints, that we have the willingness to respond in those moments with courage. You know um, exactly, and if I can just throw in one more thing, please. Like when it comes to resisting any kind of temptation, right? Often we let the small ones slide because we think that it's not all that important. But be like, I'll be able to resist the big one when it comes. But we need to flip that logic because it's actually if I cannot resist this small temptation right mm-hmm. now to say an unkind word, an uncharitable word towards someone, like how am I going? to be able to resist the big one. Mm-hmm. Like the small ones are the training ground. This is right. the batting cage right. where we actually learn this habit of fortitude. Right. Um, so uh, to kind of wrap up this, I think it's also an interesting uh, question. So right now in your life, okay, right now as a priest, imagine mm-hmm. you're actually good at baseball and athletic and all those things. Um, you're on a team. Mm-hmm. Your team was... Um, eliminated by the Astros who cheated right and you face them this season Mm. how do you feel about the fact that like Major League Baseball has come out and said yeah yeah we don't want retaliation no hitting players things like that I know for me I played catcher Mm-hmm. Even right now as a youth minister, I have the tendency to say, okay, first pitch is going uh, high <laughs> and tight right in the middle of their back with a fastball. Um, you know, obviously this is not a representation of St. Anne's or the Diocese of Dallas. Um, <laughs> right. So you can speak honestly, but that's going to be something interesting that's dealt with. And how yeah. do you feel about all that? Yeah, no. Can I speak not as a priest? Yes. No, I'm always a priest. You're a priest forever. Priest uh, forever in the line of Melchizedek. Yeah, he knows it. Um, Yeah, so I think there is an element um, in sports of legitimate retaliation and uh, punishment for injustice. Like, now, throwing at someone's head, right? Right. Is a much different thing than throwing at the middle of their back or at their leg or. Oh, no, you can hurt somebody in any way. And I'm not advocating that, of course, is again, not being. uh, (laughs) Yes. Uh, not speaking for the Diocese of Dallas here. That's right. Um, but I do think that, like, ev- even as Christians, like, there is an element of that that's legitimate in sports. Mm-hmm. And so if I was on a team that got cheated out by the Astros. Hypothetically, New York Yankees, something like that, but uh, go ahead. If I was hypothetically a pitcher on the Yankees, I would hypothetically be overjoyed because they're actually a great team. Even if I hate them. Um, <laughs> And I was a pitcher, by the way. Oh, mm. that's yeah. why we get along. Catcher, right. pitcher, go ahead. Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think you kind of have to throw at them, right? It's interesting. It's an interesting debate. It's definitely an interesting philosophy. Like, like some retributive justice, but it has to be measured mm-hmm. in an appropriate way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think you're... That I would just say, hey, guys, we, we have to pretend like this didn't happen. Right. Right? Right. Um, Which, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point to bring up. Like, we're not saying, okay, just pretend like this never happened as a Christian. Like, those things shape us and shape mm-hmm. the future. 
and that. So I just thought that was a fun little thing because it goes through my head a lot as a, as a former catcher and athlete and mm-hmm. definitely somebody who at times probably has said, hey, throw high and tight or hit this person or things like that as a catcher. Like it's definitely it would be hard for me to know, hey, we, we felt like we were cheated out of something and felt like this was a huge injustice. And, and it's hard sometimes to not always retaliate in that. So. Yeah, and I just want to qualify what I said a little bit, mm-hmm. thinking through it more. Um, I'm talking about sports, right? The arena of sports. Yes, I 100%. do not take that retributive justice principle and become a vigilante in your workplace, exactly, or something like that. That's not what I'm saying, right? Like a hundred. It is. It is our. This job. is a hypothetical yeah, sports this is scenario. A hypothetical thing. I'm never going to be that good at baseball, but maybe at golf. You never know. Never know. Anyway, um, yeah. It is our job to forgive, which is an act of the will, right? Mm -hmm. It's not an emotional thing. We can't always force our emotions, but we can make the choice to forgive. Um, That doesn't mean forgetting, right? right? But it means true forgiveness and, if possible, reconciliation when Mm. somebody wrongs us. Right. Um, And uh, we are not to enact (laughs) retributive justice on others who have wronged us. Right. Um, like that's 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 not our place. Not our place. Not okay. It's not our place. But in sports, I think it's a little bit different in that situation we're describing. Right. Um, Hypothetically, if we were in the major leagues, which we're not, but we just wish we were. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, we're joined here today in the studio, a.k.a. the Youth Ministry Conference Room, by um, our summer seminarian, Alex. Um, He comes um, to us from another parish that um, he'll talk about here in a second. He's going to introduce himself. Thank you guys for letting me be a part of this podcast. Yes, as they said, my name is Alex Kershakji. I am from the Diocese of Dallas. I go to my home parish is St. Rita. And yeah, so I've been a seminarian for one year, currently a seminarian at Holy Trinity Seminary in uh, Irving, Texas. And uh, yeah, so just been very happy with the path that I've been on. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to comment a little bit about the discussion on prudence uh, or about building virtue um, in our our lives. So as Father said earlier, it's, it's very much of a habit, right? So we need to, it, it's just going to take take time. doesn't, as Father Paul said, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, and uh, yeah, so with, um, with virtue, it's, it's important that we first build, build prudence, right? Because uh, for you philosophy nuts out there, you know that prudence is the charioteer of, of virtue. So before, before courage, or before we act courageously, before we um, act temperately. We need the the virtue of prudence, and um, yeah. And as Father Paul said earlier, it's it's important that ultimately we first ask God for for the this for, for help with this, and then I'd say second, we need to seek out advice from those that are wiser than us. Like lately, I've been asking a lot of questions. I've been asking Paul, Father Paul a lot of questions. Like, okay, what do I do here? You know, what's the best thing to do here? And then thirdly, I would. Said, um, encourage y'all to read the saints. You know, to read lives of the saints. They, they're they're a beautiful example of, of what to do. You know, in our lives. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just it's definitely repetitions going to take time. And um, um, one of actually one of my favorite or a favorite sport of mine is tennis. And um, hmm. and actually, C.S. Lewis talks about this in his book Mere Christianity. He says how hey, look, um, a good tennis player is 
um, one that is always going to, you know, or for the most part, return serves and uh, um, well. And um, so you'd say that they're someone who's very good at tennis is a virtuoso, right? But then someone that every now and then returns a serve that's uh, that's good, but for the most part doesn't return good serves, doesn't hit good serves. It's not a virtuoso. It's not, or you could say like virtue, virtuous at the sport. Um, so yeah, for a good tennis player, it just, it took them a long time, a, a lot of practice, like Roger Federer, um, who's, whose name is uh, still very popular to this day, right? <laughs> I would yeah, argue. the goat. The goat, exactly. Yeah, no, his, I mean, if you look up, look, him, look him up on YouTube, he, he just does it so easily, you know, the way he plays. Um, he does it without even, it seems like he just does it effortlessly, effortlessly, but it's because he's a virtuoso or he's like virtuous at his sport. He's worked at it so hard. So yes, we need to be working at this every day. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I wanted to contribute to the yeah, discussion. In the moral realm, that's a really good analogy. Yes. Uh, so now we're going to move to our last section. Thank you, Alex, by the You're way. You're very welcome. And um, we're going to move to our last section. As always, what you watching, what you reading, what you thinking. Joey Scansella, what you watching? Uh, well, what am I watching? What am I reading? What am I thinking? So, um, watching, yeah, I just finished that, um, you know, 30 for 30 on Lance, which obviously was very um, informative. Also, um, um, all or nothing, um, Prime TV. Um, Amazing. Shout out to my mother-in-law for letting us have uh, see her login to be able to see that uh, season. But... Um, uh, watched the most recent one on the Eagles. And oh, so okay, yeah, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was great. Um, and then, um, reading, um, you know, I try not to read. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he's still learning, <laughs> still learning. Hence the podcast. Um, no, um, honestly, th- the biggest reading this past week has been diving into scripture. Um, you know, I think it's something that I've always loved and wanted to, um, yeah, it, it fulfills me. And so I, I want to take that opportunity to continue to dive in more. And this is something, 1 Corinthians 9.24, which I mentioned today through 27, has always been something close to my heart and something, you know, I've been praying with as well that kind of brought up from this episode. And what am I thinking? I'm thinking that, um, yeah, I don't know how me and my wife are going to make it through the summer with our kids. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, quarantine, um, you know, does not allow for a lot of uh, other activities. And so that is what I'm thinking. How about you? Okay. What am I watching? I started to watch the 30 for 30 on Lance Armstrong the other day, but then somebody walked into the rectory and it starts off with a couple F-bombs. And so I decided to switch to a different one <laughs> called This Magic Moment. Yeah. Um, this magic moment uh, about the birth of the Orlando Magic and so the Shaq Penny Hardaway mm. combo. It was awesome. I I lived during those years, but I never paid that much attention. Right. I guess it's the Bermuda factor. Um, and so I know Shaq is a Laker, but not like young Shaq who can sprint up the court and mm-hmm. it's just like the Jordan of big men. The Jordan um, of big men. To quote a good friend of mine. That's right. Uh, so that was awesome. It was a great companion piece to The Last Dance as well on the Bulls. Um, what am I reading? Joey kind of stole my thing with, uh, I've been reading a lot of the Bible lately. So I'll actually move. There's a there's another book that I've been working my way through um, called Introduction to the Hebrew Bible by Tzvi Novik. He's a scholar at Notre Dame, and it is fascinating. Hmm. Um, he's got a really great introduction on the interplay between 
what you could call canonical traditional criticism and historical criticism, Mm. Uh, two different ways of reading the Bible, but both necessary, and uh, he uses a poetic analogy for it. Anyway, if you want to know more, read the book. Um, Awesome. What am I thinking? I'm thinking that I got to play golf on Monday, and I shot 79, and it feels pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, to break 80. So did you win? Um, or did you play with someone? Yeah, I did. And I won handily. Um, <laughs> shout out Jaime Resendez. Shout out Jaime. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. I haven't played much at all in like since I joined seminary. It's been like twice a year. Mm. And I still don't play very much, but whenever I can put enough together to, to break 80, it feels really good. That's awesome. So. Hey, it would be fun. Let's ask our seminarian. What Let's are you watching? It. What are you uh, reading? What are you thinking? Yeah, so actually, uh, recently I've been watching The Last Dance. Um, and actually, as a matter of fact, I just finished uh, the 30 for 30 on Lance Armstrong. And uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. It's It really sheds a lot of light on the case. Um, and um, yeah, so great, great documentaries. Uh, really. And then what I've been reading is a book. I think y'all would really like this. It's called Temperament to Character. It's by Alexander Havard. So that's mm. Alexander, but instead of E-R-R-E, and then Havard, H-A-V-A-R-D, I believe. And yeah, so it's a wonderful book. It's a good starting point with learning how to build virtue because um, in my opinion, before we do so, we need to understand like our temperament, who who we are, um, what are our strengths, and what are what are things we struggle with? Like for me, for instance, like I'm the temperament that I am. I'm a I'm a, mostly a sanguine, so I very people oriented, but I had trouble with finishing tasks. So the mm. the virtue that I've been really working on is is or is at least a subset of the virtues is uh, perseverance. So like finishing a task to its very end. And in this book, it tells you about like, yeah, it tells you about the different temperaments and it tells you like, okay, how can you build on, how can we vo- build virtue on your temperament? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And yes, it's important that you, yeah, that you know mm-hmm. thyself as, as Socrates said. So what you thinking? Alex? And uh, well, what I've been thinking is I'm the only one in this room that doesn't have a beard. So mm. I need to work on that. But yeah. no, other than that, I just, um, I've been thinking I'm very grateful for who I am. And uh, Joey and Father Paul are great guys. Please continue to listen to them. Thanks, Alex. We, we endorse that endorsement. Yes. Right there. So yeah. uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us today on Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Like I said, I'm Joey Scansella, and thank you to my co-host, Father Paul Bechter. God bless. Yeah.